Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to the Water Relief Podcast. This is the third episode on the Fish Drive Podcast Network. Um, I'm here with Tanner Scott. This is my first time doing this, doing a podcast in person. So if it all goes wrong, you can just blame me. And if it all goes right, thank you, Eli, for the editing. Um, we're just going to get started here. We'll go through Tanner's career and ask him a couple questions, have him throw a fellow teammate under the bus, and we'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see how it goes. Oh, definitely, Stephen. Okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You? I'm doing all right. We're going to make this work. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Warren, Ohio. Yep. And you went to Howard College. Yeah, middle of nowhere. And then you transferred to Notre Dame. No, no, no. Started at Notre Dame. We started at Notre Dame. Yeah, and then I transferred to Howard. So I went, uh, I want to say we were NAIA. I transferred after uh, summer ball. Well, what, what, what went into the decision to transfer? Uh, I was playing summer ball with a couple of, couple of uh, guys that were really good, and they were like, hey, are you happy with uh, your time at Notre Dame College? And I was like, it's like it's a good school. Uh, I wish we were a little bit better. And then they're like, "Hey, we have this junior college that we can uh, get you to." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I'm open to everything." And next thing you know, I was on a plane to Big Spring, Texas, and beautiful Texas, and I loved it. I love Texas, and that's how my career basically began. Everything's bigger in Texas. Um, you were drafted by the Orioles in 2014. What was that feeling like when you were drafted? Oh, it was definitely an experience. I mean, I when when they first drafted me, I I didn't even think about 
didn't even think about it. I was going to uh, the Cape Cod to play summer ball, actually, and I got drafted, and I still wasn't sure. I mean, my family wanted me to go to school, and I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to do that part, but it all works out. And it all seems to work out, and I'm here doing podcasts with major league players, and I still can't believe it. Um, you made your debut for the Orioles in 2017. You played two games in that season. Um, and then you, from 2018 onward, you were a, pretty much a staple in the Orioles' bullpen. How, what was the feeling when you got the call up and made your debut, and then over the years being with the Orioles, being in that bullpen, what was it like? I mean, yeah, so when I got called up in 2017, I was sitting at home, double-A just ended, and I got called up, and I was like, is this real? You got called up in double-A? Well, yeah, I was in double-A. The season ended. We, we lost in the playoffs, and I got called up. I was like, is this real? And uh, Buck Showalter was my manager my first year, so that was cool. We had a, we had a lot of great gra- great guys in the bullpen, like Zach Britton, I mean, Michael Givens, Brad Brock, Darren O'Day. So it was great. You got a like a bunch of old veteran guys. Not old. Take that back. Not old, but you got a guys. You got guys with a lot of experience, and it, it was really nice. And then 2018, I had uh, Richard Blyer with me, so now I'm back with him. So it's even better. Uh, but yeah, my time with the Orioles was great. I mean, I wouldn't change it. I mean, it was awesome. And a great pitch down and in. So he gets his first major league strikeout. No, two good sliders and then even a better one. You mentioned um, Richard Blyer. Back with him here. We'll get to that in a moment. But Buck Showalter. Mm-hmm. To me, he's one of the most legendary baseball people of my generation. Mm-hmm. What? What do you, do you have any like specific memories of him? Any s- stories that you're allowed to share? Of, of something that Buck did that just like really describes his personality with the bullpen guys. Uh no, uh, no really, no no stories about it really. Uh, I remember him in uh, 2018 calling me in the office a couple of times to talk to me. And when you're a rookie and you manager calls you in the office, you're like, oh, this is never good. It's either you're getting sent down or something's happening. It was just to talk to me, so it was cool. I mean. He is one. He's one of the greatest managers out there. I mean, we got a great manager here. I mean, Donnie's awesome. But yeah, Buck. Buck as my first manager. It was really cool. And then now, now we get to play against him with the uh, New York Mets. So it's it's cool. Um, so now going on to Richard Blyer style. Are there any players over the years that you connected with specifically that you all have always kept in touch with from uh, from all the way in the beginning of your career till now? Uh, the like from when I was drafted on. At, at any point, was there a specific player that you just connected with that you still keep in touch with? Oh yeah, there's. I mean, I talked to. I mean, everyone in the bullpen. I, I usually get really close with. And uh, with Baltimore, it would be Paul Fry. He's with uh, the Diamondbacks now. I was real close with him. I talked to him in the season, off season. Uh, other than him, I mean, Richard. Richard would reach out to me ever so often, and. Kind of kept in touch, but yeah, the person I've probably been in most contact with is Paul Fry. And Heard a lot about Paul Fry actually. Um, I think he's been 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 floated in some trade proposals, which I'm not a fan of trades, but 
Because <laughs> I hate losing players, but you know we always get a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you 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 find one that's that's kind of nice. Yeah. And we found you from Baltimore. You came over here with Paul Salser during spring training. Um, what was your reaction to the news that you were coming to Miami? Well, I was sitting at home and I got a call from Mike Elias and I missed it because I was like, I, I don't know why he'd be calling me and he texted me, hey, can you can you call me back? So I called him. He's like, hey, do you know why I'd be calling you? I was like, no, I got no clue. There's two days left in spring training. He goes, hey, you just got traded to Miami Marlins. I was like, oh, cool, awesome. And then he goes, and then your counterpart, uh, Cole Solcer, is coming with you. I was like, even better. So right when I hung up the phone with him, I called Cole and I was like, hey, you want to head to Jupiter? He was like, yeah, give me like give me like an hour. I go, all right, that works. So we just drove over together. And I mean, the whole experience was great. I mean, first day I walked in the clubhouse, didn't really know anyone other than like Sean Armstrong. I knew of Lewis Head when uh, he was here. Also, who else? There was one more. Jimmy Acabonis. Jimmy Acabonis. I, I think you guys spent time in Baltimore together. Yep, and then I actually lived with them in the off seasons too. Oh. Uh, and then Richard. Right when I got traded, Richard texted me, so it was cool. So I didn't feel I didn't feel out of place. I mean, you are nervous, but when you when you get to travel across the state with another guy you were just traded with, it's it's a lot easier. I'm sure that having a friend with you, going through the same experience, was kind uh, of was very helpful. Um, your ERA in 2020. I just want to point this out for listeners. His ERA in 2020 was a 1.31. Just putting that out there. Oh, great pitch there. And how about Tanner Scott gets some one, two, three, the two, three, and four hitters, and the Orioles still on top five, three. That's pretty you think good you here. can replicate that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely possible. I mean, that year, that year was awesome. It was a, it was a COVID year. Uh, what was going through that COVID year like with the isolation and everything? It was it was just different. I mean, you get you get used to it. I mean, there's daily screenings or getting your brain touched by cotton swabs and everything. But I mean, you always had to fill out questionnaires, and it was it was really it was it was a good good year. I mean, the 60, 60 game sprint was a little different, but uh, yeah, that season's definitely. I could definitely repeat that. I mean, the games that I gave up runs, I knew I knew the mistakes I did, and. When you know your mistakes, you can limit them. So, as casual observers to the game, uh, as fans, we like to scream at relievers, just throw strikes. The Rockies game a few weeks ago, you started off with six straight balls, Mm -hmm. and Mel came out and spoke to you. And you went on to throw 11 strikes, ended the game. I I was here for that. It was mighty impressive. Uh, since then, I've called it Mel's Mound Meetings, the Mel, Mel's Magical Mound Meetings. Um, what did he say to you, and what did you change? Uh, nothing. I mean, I, I didn't change anything. I think it was just a, like, a mindset. I mean, everything, when you go out there, you got to have a certain mindset. So, like, when he came out to the mound, he was like, hey, you overthinking? I'm like, I'm like no. And he goes, just play catch. Just play catch. I mean, just act like you're throwing a bullpen. There's just a hitter in there. I was like, I was like, all right. And he goes, hey, we trust you. Just go out there and attack. And then uh, I want to say Miggy was Miggy came up to me too, and he was like, hey, we trust you, T. And I was like, all right, here we go. Miggy is um, uh, widely known in the Marlins fan community as the captain of the team. And hearing Definitely. hearing that he um, 
has made a dip, made makes that kind of difference on the field is very reassuring for fans like me. Although I'm here again recording a podcast with a player, I still can't believe it. Um, a lot of times you've said tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. When something goes wrong, tomorrow's a new day. Definitely. It's easy to say that. It's hard to put that into practice, and you've been putting that into practice. How do you reset yourself after a after something goes completely and terribly wrong? How do you reset yourself for the next day and go out there and attack again? And not uh, have that in the back of your mind of what happened the night before. And a high fly ball to deep right field. Did he do it? Did he do it? He did it! It's a three-run walk-off home run for Garrett Stubbs! I mean, as a reliever, you definitely gotta have short-term memory. That's the biggest thing. I mean, after a bad game, I, I know my wife will definitely hear about it because usually I'm just not happy with how it went. And then she just helps me reset. And I mean, tomorrow's a new day. It's just, we lost yesterday, tomorrow's a new day. Like, what, what are we gonna do today? We have a chance to win. We have a chance to win in the ninth inning down by four. I mean, we got the great, we got a great lineup, a lot of power hitters. And to reset after each outing, you have to. I mean, no matter if you did good or bad, you have to be able to be like, all right, today's a new day. You got a uh oh count and the run, the score's tied. I mean, you just got to look at it that way every single time. No matter what you did yesterday, that's in the past. And so far, every time we've seen you at all give any leeway to the other team, the next day you're right back in it. And we thank you for that. Um, so, on to the last few questions, which I, are the same for every guy so far. Oh, great. Um, let, me, let me throw Steven under the bus. So, in your opinion, who's the guy in the bullpen that likes to stir the pot? Get, get to, like, to cause trouble. Like, stir the pot? <laughs> I'm going to say Dylan Floro. Dylan Floro. I'm going to say Floro just because Floro's a, a great guy. Uh, but other than that, nah, it's probably not Floro, honestly. Uh, it's Oki. Oki always stirs the pot with everyone. It's so, always, it's always going to be him. If you say something, he's going to say, oh, you did it ten times worse. And just, that's how he is. So it's kind of funny because Okert said you. Oh yeah, I know. He he said me because I'm I'm the one in the bullpen that my mind's going a million seconds or a million just going too fast, just way too fast. And he's like, dude, you got so many thoughts going on. I go, hey, it's just my life. How do you slow those thoughts down on the mound? You don't. <laughs> I mean, you do, but why are they bad? One of my favorite things is when players play practical jokes on each other. Mm -hmm. Has anything happened in the last few weeks, a, a practical joke that you've witnessed or been a part of, you want to tell the story of? Any practical jokes? Any pranks or anything. Have you heard of any? Uh, when Anthony Bass was on, he told me, well, he said Luke Williams did it, but it was actually Jesus Lazardo. So for those that didn't see my tweet about uh, to, as a correction on that, it was not was Luke it? Williams that stuffed Joey Wendell's backpack full of sugar free gum. It was Jesus Lazardo. I didn't even see that. Jeez, I was oblivious. Um, and then Jesus Lazardo ended up putting cans of some drink, I forget what it was, in front of Chris Bassett's locker when the Mets were in town. Because apparently Chris Bassett loves this specific thing. Apparently Lazardo likes to cause trouble. Um, hmm. I've yeah, always been a, been a big fan of practical jokes. I haven't been a part of any. Why do I find that hard to believe? 
I mean, I haven't done anything yet. Yet. <laughs> Keyword, yet. Yeah. All right. For the final question, do you have any message for the fans? Anything you want to tell them? I'm just trying to think of, like, some cool slogan. I can't think of anything <laughs> on the spot. Uh, I mean... If I were you, I'd go with tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, tomorrow's a new day, and uh, we're going to attack day by day and one game at a time. Thank you very much, Tanner Scott. This has been the Water Relief Podcast on the Fish Drive Podcast channel. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another reliever in the near future.